We live in a time where the flow of information is constant, with competing voices in crowded spaces, where old school thoughts meet new school ideas. But in this modern age, we are constantly having to recreate ourselves. To understand these identities, we need to decipher the culture. This is unconventional. This, this is, is Lounge Academics. Academics. here <laughs> i don't know what's wrong with me I'm, I'm having a mad one this evening but anyway it's great to see you well i don't know if you can see me i'm hoping you can see me but um i'm on my podcast this is lounge academics it's really great to be here as you know um if you're listening to us on our podcast catch up with us um on lounge academics via our youtube backlog we've also obviously here on Instagram, hi everyone saying hello, hi, hi, how are you all doing? Lovely. Hello, Yaz, love to see you. You know, the realest Capricorn. Okay, I like that. I like that, the realest Capricorn. That's different. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, I like that. Star science. So um, I'm just interacting with my whole um, platform at the moment on Instagram for the purposes of um, those listening via um, the podcast. So anyway... I hope you're all good. I hope it's been great. As you know, five minutes to disrupt. This is an opportunity for someone to come. We shine a spotlight on their platform. We talk about their work. We get to get down and communicate about what they're doing. The, exi the exciting things that the members of our Lounge Academics community are doing, you know, and it's great. I'm really excited about this one because we have a young man, um, youngish man, <laughs> um, who's on the platform at the moment, who is here. Um, to talk about tech startups and how to start up your business quickly, yeah? So people that are interested in tech, those that are interested in starting your business and how to scale up and grow quickly. So I think this is going to be an exciting um, conversation still. But um, what I'll do, without further ado, I'm going to bring him on so we can have that conversation and start that right now. Um, and then he can tell you a little bit more about his work and what he does. So... Um, Without further ado, I've just waiting for um, Alex to connect and we should be all good. Um, I'm going to be monitoring sound as well. So I hope Alex doesn't think I'm rude. Alex, how you doing, sir? Yes, I'm doing good. How are you? How are I'm, you? I'm well. I'm loving that beard, man. It's got more gloss than mine, man. I'm trying to be like you. <laughs> I'm trying to be like you, bro. <laughs> It's great to see you, sir. Great to see you. Great yeah, to, see you. to see you as well, man. Yeah, it's been long overdue. I know. I know. I've been needing to do this since like before COVID, mate. You know, we've been waiting a yeah. long time to yeah. do this. But it's happening now. It's happening That's now. right. It's happening now. Brilliant. So um, I've just been warming people up, just letting them know, obviously, about the podcast and letting them know a bit about yourself. I don't want to take too much away from your thunder, from your mystery. I want you to kind of add to that. Um, in a few minutes okay. but um, yeah this is Alex Pemberton everyone um, as I said before a few minutes ago we're going to be talking about you know startups right starting up a business how to start your business particularly around the realm of tech and looking how to scale up and grow right um, that's going to be part of the focus but as you know we're not limited to that we may flow between different themes but ultimately five minutes to disrupt is an opportunity to shine a spotlight on some of our excellent uh, members of our community and Alex is of no exception he is brilliant right so without further ado um, wow. I'm going to hand over to you Alex how do you follow that yeah <laughs> brilliant yeah, no pressure. No yeah. Pressure. No, no pressure, man. Hashtag no pressure. So, yes, um, we'll hand over to you, sir, to let people know a little bit more about Launch 7, TechRick, and all the other great stuff that you're doing, okay? So, over to you, Alex. Okay, okay, okay. Over to me. Wow. Um, th does that mean I'm taking over? This is my show now. Yeah, well, partly for five minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, firstly, I'm so grateful and honoured to be um, to be to be sharing this this live with you, man. Oh, um, thank you, man. I think when I met when I when I met you first, I was like, "There's something about this guy. I think I need to work with him." And I don't know what we're gonna work on, but um, maybe this is 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 part two because we had a conversation already. So yeah. it, it's it's great to be a, be a part of it. Thank you, man. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, so my name, Alexander, actually means helper of men or defender of men, depending on who you ask. Um, it's an old Greek name, so I do defend and help women as well. Um, so that name, my dad gave me that name. I don't think he knew what he was doing when he gave me that name, or maybe they did. Maybe my parents did know what they were doing. But um, so I've actually made it my mission to help people um, in different ways. And so my most recent way is actually by helping people to start businesses. And how did that come about? So that came about a few years ago. I was making websites, making lots of websites. And I was working with a lot of different types of people, but mostly people who wanted to start a business. And the first thing they would think about is actually getting a website or getting a logo done. And I would ask them questions like, tell me about your target audiences, how are you going to make money, what are your services, and all that kind of stuff. And I found out that quite often a lot of people hadn't really thought about the business side, um, you know, these, these, these really important questions. They hadn't thought about it. It's just like, it's a great idea, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to see what happens. And actually, that's a really, a really um, natural way of actually starting a business. There's nothing wrong with it. But a little bit of guidance or a lot of guidance can help us to um, reduce the risk of failure or the size of how or how large we, we we fail right so i thought i must be able to do something to help these people so there was two things there i was a little bit frustrated with some of my clients because what would happen is we'll start making this website i'm thinking i'm doing a great job and i'll do i'll do half a website and the reason i do half a website was because um, they hadn't thought about all the questions that need to go on the website. So I'll say, send me some text about you. Tell me some more information about your uh, company and the services that you offer. And they will take a long time. So I had a catalog. I had a portfolio of holding pages. Like, that's not a good look for a web designer, wow. you know? So a holding page is like one page is like coming soon. That's, that's not a good look no. at all. Um, I did have some actual portfolio stuff as well. But a lot of them, there was too many. There was too many holding pages. Um, so, you know, if someone asked me for, for my portfolio, I would be like, yeah, I'm working on this and I'm working on that. This one is finished. Maybe it's a year old or six months old. Maybe the client had come and they had changed some stuff. So it didn't look like it did when I finished it. Um, and that was a little bit frustrating. So I thought to myself, how can I help these people help me look better? So I thought, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to make <laughs> I'm going to make it compulsory to actually do a consultation with me before we get started. And what did that consultation look like? It was very basic at the time. Um, I did some research around the difference between a sole trader and a limited company and started really looking at how to start a business, how other people had started business as well. And given that advice to uh, my to-be or would-be customers. So that went, that, that went okay. Um, I got myself a mentor. Very, very important. Get yourself a mentor if you're starting business. Um, side note, and... KJ, you're probably going to ask me about this later, but I don't believe that in 2020, any business should fail. I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to continue, right? So, okay. Might drop moment. So, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I got, I got myself a mentor and he gave me lots of advice. But one thing um, that really propelled me down the consulted, consultation route was that he was a consultant, consultant himself. He's making lots of money as a consultant. He's had businesses. And he was like, Alex, you're really good at this. Like, I like to talk. Like I can talk all day long. I can have conversations all day long. Yeah. You know that. You know that yeah, already. Yeah, of course, man. Um, but yeah, and pe some of the people that know me in here, they know that already as well. But <laughs> I was just like, okay, if my mentor says I'm good at this thing, I should probably give it a go. So I started creating a little bit of a program. Um, so the idea was already in the works, how to help people start businesses efficiently, fast, and all that kind of stuff. And um, actually, I realized that the amount of time that I spent on a website might have been maybe two days, right? So two days being like 10 hour days, so maybe 20 hours. And I realized actually that if I sat down with someone in one day or two days, website would be done. They wouldn't be like, I'll go and work on it. Then they'll come back and then there'll be this back and forth for like two weeks or four weeks or whatever. I thought if I sit down with them, then we can go through the consultation and we can just get going. And I thought actually, seeing that it's natural for you to want to have uh, your business visually ready as in having a brand and having a website, yeah. let me create something around this. So we've come up with this concept called Visually Ready. Okay. And Visually Ready is just all about your visuals being ready. People can see that you're ready for business and you can say, hey, I'm over here. I've got this service. You've got this problem and I can help solve your problem with my solution. Here's the result that you're going to get from it. And um, 
it's it's taken some traction, which is really really cool. Um, I've done some work. I've done what? What? Where have where have I been? Where, what's my claim to fame for um, for startup stuff? Um, we've done some uh, events with Halifax, um, okay. Halifax Bank in Tottenham Court Road, which cool. is a big deal. I quite often work with an amazing organisation called Generation Success. Yeah. Uh, they help young people. Um, to find jobs and and get mentors and all that kind of stuff, and there's some other people as well that I've worked. With. It's been absolutely phenomenal, and um and yeah, so I've actually realised that that the system that we've created is working, which is which is which is really good. And of course, one of my favourite clients, if any of my other clients are there listening, uh, no offence, please don't take any of them. One of my favourite clients. <laughs> Choose your words carefully and wisely, <laughs> sir. Yeah, is a company. One of my favourite is a company called Box Tropic, and okay. literally. I had a conversation with one of the sisters in February. They called me up at the beginning of beginning of March, uh, somewhere around when lockdown started, and they said, "We want to start a business. Can you help?" I was like, "Absolutely. When do you want to start?" They said, "Now." I got excited. I said, "Let's start on Monday." They started on Monday. Six weeks later, they had launched a business online, and they had fifteen customers on their launch day, their launch week. Okay. And I was just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So. So I had helped people in different ways. I helped them with logos, website, a bit of consultation. But literally, Box Tropics was from the beginning of like just just an idea to actually yeah. launching and having customers and making money as well. And they're doing really, really. And I'm super proud of them. So they're like my babies, you know. So yeah, 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 yeah. Your, yeah, your success story, like a from from that kind of inception to kind of developing and getting out there to full launch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 yeah, actually absolutely. trading, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, if if it wasn't if it wasn't for lockdown, I think we probably would have launched a little bit faster because we could have done that work over two to three days, maybe four or five days. Okay. Um, but lockdown, you know, digitally evenings after work and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that's launch seven in a nutshell, getting people to start really really quickly. Um, and you mentioned that I'm going to be talking about tech as well. So I've got another business called TechRick. Yeah. And that helped. That was a spin-off from the web design stuff. Um, there was two things there. One is that I was like, how can I make more money? As you should do in business. Yeah. How can I make more money? More income and the streams. Was, yeah. yeah. The second thing was actually I'm building websites and I'm building on um, other platforms. I'm not going to say their name because they're the competition in it. But yeah. I was selling on other other um other with other companies are saying go to this company it's great i was like actually they're not giving me anything to um to recommend people and then i realized actually they were charging like a lot of money and for the extras that they were charging yeah. it wasn't necessarily the case that you should charge that much they're a business they're trying to make money I yeah of course understand that yeah, um, but then a buddy of mine, uh, we went to uni together, uh, Marlon, his name is, he worked at another company. And I was like, hey, how easy is it for us to like host stuff? And he's like, oh, it's super easy. We just need to spend some time setting stuff up, blah, blah, blah. And we got into a partnership. Um, and he was doing the tech stuff and I was doing the customers. So the, the brand was literally like an in-house brand only for our web, for my web design customers. Fast forward a few years, he got a really good job. He's really, really good at what he does. So yeah automatically he got really busy his job got so much more demanding as a director of it or something and um he resigned from the company um he resigned from the company just because he wasn't able to put the time in and so now i thought actually let's see let's see what else can i can do i can do with it um and then since then we've actually uh, i've got a marketing person and a, a another tech person and we're working on some stuff and we're able to offer some sweet deals to both our customers and people who actually don't know me and haven't used my services as well. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. So that's really, I guess they both really dovetail really well, I guess, as well. So from the hosting side, that naturally would complement any consultative stuff, any help with branding, any help with logo design, um, you know, design templates of um, obviously your websites and putting that forward. So it works very nice hand in hand with each other. I see that's nice little referral yeah. points there. So tell me something, Alex, like obviously um, it, it seems to me, I know um, initially you're a very talkative person. I guess that's that comes part and parcel with the consultative stuff. You need to be able to understand people's needs, be able to talk to them, understand their needs and kind of provide suitable solutions, right? To the problems that they may have in helping them. So I get that connection. How um, for you did you, starting with launch seven, you mentioned earlier that you noticed that there were a number of sites where, you know, people kind of had started and then they'd stopped where, 
you know, half websites being done, you know, which wasn't a good look for yourself or for your clients, like you said. What What is that about? Why are we finding that people... What is that about that people are launching into doing websites and stuff and then are having to stop halfway? What are some of the reasons for that? I think it's a few things. Um, so actually, when I was doing... I think I think it's a few things, but when I was doing websites first, I was doing them fairly cheaply. And um, I realized that there was a certain type of person that this would happen to. And... Um, and I'm not saying this is the case for everyone, okay. but I, at the time for me, it was mainly people who wanted to start businesses had full-time jobs. So they weren't fully committed to making their business a reality. So there's okay. other stuff going on, distraction, not being able to actually um, put in the time to do the right research. That's one thing. Another thing is not having guidance. Okay. Like a lot of us start and we don't know what we're doing. And Yes, there are books out there and yes, there's YouTube videos and there's blogs and blogs and all that kind of stuff. But not not having specific guidance to you or someone showing you how to avoid or get over an obstacle can be like a huge barrier for the success of your the successful launch of your business. Okay. Okay. There, yeah. There are other things as well. I think yeah. I think not not fully understanding the problem that you're solving and who you're solving it to is a massive thing. And I think people procrastinate, people hesitate when they're uncertain, when there's lack of clarity. When you don't know what to do, you sort of... Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. hear you anticipating me coming. Yeah, because I think yeah. hearing you um, talk and stuff, because you're talking about um, the problem that they're wanting to solve. Is this more related to, is this more of kind of like a general business kind of issue, i.e., because I know... Definitely, there's a lot of people out here that want to change the world. They want to save the world. They want to do different things, which I find in my walk has been mainly around the the arena of kind of charitable, social causes, you know, the social enterprise kind of route. However, they haven't thought through the business mechanism or the business model in which to achieve that. Does some of this resonate with what, what um, your experience has been in terms of, or is it something more particular to like a website kind of solution when you're talking about solutions? What, what, what are you referring to there? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what you said. Okay. Um, like when, if you're starting a business, your business needs to make money. If you're starting a charity or you're doing some sort of, you're going to need a float. You're going to need money to do stuff. Yeah. Um, how you how you get that via funding, or if you're gonna sell something to to do this charitable or this this good yeah. deed, you're still gonna need you're still gonna need money, and um, you still need to think about actually what problem you're solving and who you're solving it for. Yeah. So if you start a charity, and your charity help people who oh I don't know I don't know any examples yeah. help people um, to do whatever right. Um, you're still going to need money because it's going to take up your time yeah. and you're, you're going to need money. You're going to need to replace your salary if you want to do it full time. Mm. So we're going to need money, but you're also going to need to think about who those people are and where are they? Yeah. And are you yeah. interacting? Are you interacting with them? Do they know that you exist? Yeah. So what I'm getting from you, definitely, there's something around having an effective business plan or at least having a plan yeah um as to how you're going to stay afloat you know looking at kind of your startup capital what you might need money etc but also what i'm hearing from you is having good mentors or people around you to help with the guidance of that process as well um to help guide you steer you support you as part of that journey as you kind of develop your your business from um from your startup so how do you move from when when someone is starting up their business, right, and they and you know, assuming that they've got their business plan, assuming that they've kind of thought through um, this process, what for yeah. you? What is the common kind of um, barrier or challenge? Because I know you mentioned also there was another group which you referred to, which was the full timers, people that are in full time work. You notice there was a slight correlation between those that couldn't fully commit so if there's somebody tuning in now if there's people listening through on the podcast and tuning in what would be for the person who's in their full-time job nine to five 
right, 10 to 6 or whatever, and they're really wanting to solve this problem or start up a business, at which point um, would you kind of advise, what stages would you suggest or recommend that they um, kind of execute their plan and what would be the stages of that plan if that makes sense so so you don't so you can avoid those issues of you know kind of the half um hosted website and you then have to abandon the project halfway through or whatever you know how can we um mitigate and avoid that oh man do you know the things with starting businesses it's really about the entrepreneur and the mindset isn't it mm. it's about it's, totally. it's about your mindset and being resourceful so one of the first thing I say to um, my clients, even if they're not my clients, if I'm speaking somewhere, I, I say this all the time, is get to know yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right? And there, there's loads of tools. You can do personality tests and all that kind of stuff. There's a really simple one called a SWOT analysis. And if anyone's oh, listening, yeah. I'd recommend doing it right now. But do a SWOT analysis on yourself. What are your strengths? What are you good at? What's your weaknesses? What are you not so good at? Look at the opportunities that you might have. Because actually having a nine to five at the moment is a fantastic opportunity. It means you've got a regular income and you can save so that when it comes to the time for you to leave your job, you've got enough to sustain you for three months, six months, one month, whatever, the year, whatever it is. Right. So you look, you look at the opportunity. You look at the opportunities of who's around you. Maybe you've just joined a new Facebook group or WhatsApp group or something. And then you look at the threats. What are the things that can threaten you as a person? What can threaten your life? What can threaten um, the success of who you are? That could be just where you live, if you live in a dangerous area, you know, if you live at somewhere where there's lots of earthquakes. But just consider it, just considering wow. all of these things that, um, and it's honestly, it's so powerful. It's really, really powerful. But on the strengths part, quite often, like I'm not good at um, the finances stuff, right? And I'm not good at accounting. So the natural thing that. for me to do yeah. is to find someone who's good at it. Yeah. So why am I gonna why 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 would I go and get a degree in accounting, right? Or or or, or do a course when there's someone who's actually good at it, gets it and enjoys yeah. it, who can actually help me. And that's yeah. why they are accountants and HR people and marketing people and all that kind of stuff. So on and on the on the yeah, on the strengths, play on your strength. Yeah. You know? On the weaknesses, and also, I would say, ask ask people, ask your ask your partners, ask your friends, and some of your family members. Like, what would you say are my strengths, and what are some of my weaknesses? Yeah, and yeah. Sometimes it might be a hard pill to swallow, but you should just swallow it because actually, that's gonna make that's gonna make you the person that you need to be. But knowing the interesting thing is though, and and what I like because normally when you look at SWOT analysis, yeah. And, um, you know, not to patronise anyone, because there's some people that are most probably aware and cognizant of what all that is. But for those of you who are not aware of it, it's often a tool to look at usually the success of your project or your business. Normally, it's usually framed around your actual business endeavour or project. I, I like the way you're talking about using this tool on you personally. At the end of the day, I guess what I'm picking up from you is you as the individual will be carrying your business. It's you that will have the drive. It's you who will be motivated. It's you that will have to wrestle with a lot of this initially. So I like that that spin on that in, and putting it on you personally to look at, you know, what you have as your strengths, what your weaknesses are, what the opportunities are and how this can maybe translate into, you know, the team that you need or the people that you need to be in your life to to help you build this project that you're trying to get off the ground. And I take it, you know, as part of your consultancy, is that a key part then um, as part of when you're working with um, your clients? Is that something you take them through as a matter of course in your, in your consultancy and, and support for them? Yeah, it's, it's something I tell them to do before we start working together. And if wow. they haven't done it, I'll, 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 I'll be cautious. Wow. Um, yeah, I'll be cautious. I'll say, just do it first because it's a gift, you know? Yeah. Um, and the, the, the other gift I, I give um, is something that my mentor taught me. And he's, he's very experienced in business. He's had a few UK firsts. Okay. Um, he was the first, um, the first UK company to sell laptops or computers for under 300 pounds. Okay. And that just, that just, that was amazing. Like he just, he got sales galore. Um, yeah. And I, um, so he, he said to me, um, work out your expenses. Look at your look at look at your expenses. Look at your survival budget. You need to know what you're going to cost the company. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
look at what you're going to cost the company because at the end of the day the company needs to provide for you that's this job it's not it's not to be fancy and say i've got a limited company i've got this brand the company needs to work for the entrepreneur yeah so you need to you you need to know what your cost is but in in doing that um going through all of my expenses i realized actually that i'm spending a lot of money and stuff that i shouldn't spend money on yeah yeah i hear you. yeah 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 if i'm trying to start a business that that's going to get me the things that i want and create the lifestyle that i want i i can't be trying to spend money on stuff that's not necessary and it's just fulfilling a need right now yeah and so your question to what you would say to um a lot of the a lot of people who who are in full-time i just assess yourself mm-hmm. you know have the have the convert this is going to sound like you you maybe don't have this conversation with yourself while you're walking down the street you know maybe make notes and think about it. <laughs> have, the, have the conversation with yourself you know who am i uh, yeah, what, yeah. what what am i what am i here to do you know what what this whole um this world what is what is the, yeah, what am i going to yeah. leave behind like, these conversations are important conversations to have and i think we need to actually know ourselves because if we don't know ourselves and we're trying to lead a company and lead a team we will have some issues I think, but I really like what you're saying about that because I say this to people all the time, right? Um, I've always said, um, you know, like people get mad at me all the time because I'm always, and I'm aware also we've got some questions that I'm going to... going to tend to some cool questions actually that's being asked that I'm going to come to in a minute so just for those of you that are waiting patiently or will come to this after I've kind of made this point but what I've noticed right and people get mad with me when I say this I say to people all the time look you got to know yourself in business you got whatever you're you're taking on you got to be realistic now the desire to be an entrepreneur or to be a business owner may be great. It may look good. It may have this grandiose title that looks all glittery and glistening. And it sounds nice to say you're a CEO or an MD or an entrepreneur. I get these words are really buzzy. But you've got to be realistic about what you can do. Not everybody, unfortunately, is an entrepreneur. Now, there may be an issue or something they may want to solve. But it may well be about being aligned with the right people to help execute that plan or that vision. But sometimes... You like I, I see in my experience there's often two kinds of people. Um, I'm very rarely find them with both kind of skill sets. You're either really creative, yeah, really super creative. So you have all these great ingenious ideas that are brilliant and just people are just like in awe when they see you. Or you don't have that and you're and but yet you lack in the business sense. And what I mean by the business sense is you don't know where your money's coming from, you don't know how you're gonna sustain yourself uh, or 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 deliver, you don't know about your projections of costs, you don't know what's happening, you know, how you're gonna do your profit margins and make your income, you don't really know. But yet the business heads, which are really super on that may lack that creativity but they know how to scale up or to make money um so it's something i see all the time and i think it's brilliant that you're you're emphasizing that really in terms of people getting to know themselves so um what i was going to say alex actually on that note we had um a question from paper pages limited yeah hey Nai, good to see you um a question that was raised about what are the most common types of startups happening right now is there a common industry or problem that everyone is attempting to solve so i don't know if there's something that you if you want to speak to that or answer that at all um i know i've got some ideas but i'll let you go ahead um um a bit of a, a pet peeve actually um I'm tired of seeing hair care businesses and skincare businesses. Like, how many more do we need? Hair that's, care businesses and was it hair care business and, and skin. skin? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Say a bit more. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But how many more do we need? Some people are throwing their phones at the wall right now. <laughs> what? Why do you? Why do you say that? I mean, does is that not a sign of a thriving business sector or industry? The fact that there's so many. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe so. Okay, so I've got a I've got a friend who is um uh, well I've got two friends that yeah. have hair care brands and they're doing really really well. Okay. Um, and they've they've specified on the type of curls they, they the type of curls that they do. Um, one curls, curly did by you nature. Say? And oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, they do with curly hair. Okay. Yeah. So um yeah so they've looked at um well I think they have I hope I'm not giving that wrong information. But anyway, <laughs> one's called curly by nature. Yeah. 
<laughs> one's called curly by nature and the other one's called Afrocentrics. And they do, they're both doing really, really well. They're okay. both skilled and they know what they're talking about. But I keep hearing hair cave brands that are popping up. And sometimes people are, it's the same thing with a lot of food shops. And I guess I'm speaking to a specific community right now, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of hair care and skincare and food brands in the um, Afro-Caribbean community. Okay. Right? And quite often you get this thing where actually I'm making my own lotion and I'm making um, my own hair stuff and it works for me. Yeah. And I think someone has said my hair looks nice, so I'm going to create this company or this brand without thinking actually that um, there are other brands out there that's already doing it, right? And don't get me wrong, if other brands are doing it, it's a good, it could be a good sign that you can do something too. But there are just so many. There are just so many. And it's just like, Let's have some original ideas. Let's look at, let's look for problems, right? Some problems are already being solved and some are being solved really, really well. And so, for me, it's just kind of like, yeah, go on. No, 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 go on, go on. I'm going to let you, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Now finish what you're saying. I'm going to yeah. come in. Yeah, yeah, It's just for me, sometimes the thing is, right, we see people making money or doing well and we say that person's doing well at it. Let me give it a go as well without actually saying, look at my strength. This is what I'm good at. This is what this is what I know that I'm good at and I can create a business based on what I'm good at. Do the research at a problem that needs to be solved. So you're pairing your strength with a problem that needs to be solved because you know you can solve it. And then you go off and you go off and you do that. Okay. Okay. So if in the hair if in the hair industry you're like, so these two companies, right, they solve the problem because most of the hair care stuff um, didn't suit curly hair so they created a brand that looks after sure, curly sure. hair so very problem niche solved. very niche like yeah 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 very niche area very right. niche problem to solve yeah totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but so, um i think yeah go on yeah i think trending wise that's that's a trend within the community i think it's something like skincare and maybe food is like an easy one um, yeah something that's popping up now um since lockdown a lot of it's the macrame or macrami i don't know how you say it but it's those okay. roads those rope things google it it's um a rope people are making okay they're making stuff from like little ropes and you, people are making like um they're not really chandeliers but they're making um they're making all sorts of stuff right, that's this a rope new that they one, knitted it's, like, it's like knitting okay yeah okay um it's like knitting kind of thing and you can hold your drapes and your curtains together and you can do all sorts of stuff all kind of stuff with it i only heard about this this week so okay that's a new one because really i haven't well. heard that one okay yeah, it's called macrame or macrami. Okay. So that's that that's that's trending. Is is this quite is this quite specific to like the African diaspora though? So is this quite, you know, African heritage, people, melanated people, these types the, the trending industries that you're noticing, are these mainly around um our folk or are these generally businesses that people that, that's booming across the board that's trending in that regard? Or is this a specific niche? Macrame isn't it's just I think macrame is just something that a lot of people have, have been doing. Okay, been cool. At home, yeah, looking for something to do, and now they realise that they can't sell it. <laughs> and now they've got time to do it. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the thing is, the reason why I'm asking is because what I've noticed in terms of trends to add to this as well, and to what um, Nye is saying um, from Paper Pages, is a trending thing, um, particularly around the Black Pound Day. I, I do feel. Looking specifically at the African Caribbean community, right, and African community, I, I do. I've seen this sudden wave for Black economics and for the Black pound, and I have to second some of the experiences that you've had, yeah, where you described everyone all of a sudden is just rushing out and creating businesses just for the sake of creating businesses because we want mm. this Black pound, and we we want to spend money within the community, and I do have questions around. You know, some of these ideas that people have, the sustainability, in my opinion, a lot of them are more charitable. They're more kind of voluntary based enterprises and more things to give back, which is fine. I haven't got an issue with that. But then I guess set up as a charity or set up as a voluntary organization um, and people get very upset when they feel that people are not spending um, in the community as well I've seen that a lot where people are getting mad and it's like you know you're you're going to the mainstream you're going to our white counterparts to spend money there when you should be spending on us and then 
people are getting upset because people are asking them to give them a discount or to give them a deal and then people get mad and like I don't want to work with my people and you hear all of this stuff starting to come out so it's quite interesting um that you say that but that's something I've noticed around the Black Pound Day um particularly in my experience from what I've observed but I think trending stuff at the moment that I think seems to be doing really well is um kind of general kind of startup so um startups around kind of um uh what what's the services called kind of like micro um management of like resources and stuff so for example if you need um marketing expertise or stuff someone to manage or maintain your social media and stuff i found those startups online startups are doing really well and i'm and i'm saying this generally speaking as a trending thing across industry where there are what's booming at the moment is you know there are people out there that are willing to manage multiple social media platforms or sites for people and they're doing quite well and these are scaling pretty quickly because they're great because they're low cost because you're not having to travel anywhere or whatever so that's something I've really observed that's doing really well at the moment um, in terms of startups and businesses as well Um, and just to add to that I've noticed people also um, are getting into the online course space so um really taking the knowledge that they have and developing that into online course content. And I think I've noticed that more since the COVID lockdown. So for example, if you are a photographer by trade, you know, you do photography, you do that. People are now putting their hand to actually, let me design a photography online course um, for people to that may want to start up and go into photography or whatever, giving tips and stuff like that. So that's something that I've noticed yeah. um, as well. Yeah, coaching, yeah. coaching, yeah. coaching, and consulting yeah. as a, as a part of that. So edu- education is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Education is huge. So Google just the other day they said they'll accept they'll accept people as part of their uh, one of their employees as part of their staff part of their team if they do a three hundred dollar course or something, as opposed to a university degree. Yeah, yeah, it's big, yeah. Yeah, oh, don't get me started yeah. there, man. Yeah, yeah, can't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so education, education, and especially education now where I can I can spend 300 pounds and listen to an expert, yeah. sit down with someone who know who's done it before, they'll tell me what to do, and I can go off and use my, use my skills and my experience as well to do really, really well. Yeah. So, but there's a, there's a guy, there's a guy, though, from South Africa. His name is uh, Vusi Timbakweyu, mm-hmm. um, and he... He's really profound, really smart guy. Um, he's he's my mentor, and oh, oh brilliant! If yeah. lockdown didn't happen, if lockdown didn't happen, I think uh, it was maybe two weeks ago. I would have had the opportunity to meet him. Okay. And the person who was going to introduce us, he was. <laughs> he said to me, "What would you ask Vusi if you met him?" And I was like, "I don't know, man. I think I just hug him because like the gem that he's giving me is amazing." Yeah. And um, and the guy looked at me like, "What?" And I was like, "Sorry, um, not sorry, but um." I think one thing that he said that, that stood out to me uh, a lot, and I had, to, I had to assess myself on this, is a lot of people say they're starting businesses, but they're still one-man bad, and they're still sole, yeah. they're still sole traders. Yeah. And they're sole, sole, um, solepreneurs. Um, and if you're, if you're running a business and you have a business, you actually need to look at it as you're going to grow, you're going to employ people, you're going to have people on your team, um, you know, and, and at some point you can walk away and that business can still function. Yeah. So scale, it's, it's got to have the, the, the ability to scale up and to scale and grow. So, I mean, that's a good point. That's moving us on to a, another part of this conversation. How do we move? So we're talking about startups. We've, you know, you're moving from the startups phase now. How do you know when a project is scalable or has the opportunity or potential to scale to the point that you can be employing extra people or you can start to step away? When is a project scalable? Um, that's a good question. I think, I think there, there might be a few indications and you can probably look at it if you're doing like a tech business, you're doing an online business. Yeah. Um, is it needed? Is, is the solve the problem that you're solving, does it need to be solved internationally, nationally yeah. around, around the world? Right. That's one indication. Um, but if you've already started, um, your customers actually will tell you what to do. Um, and you need you need to keep keep the customers at the focal point of every every decision you make yeah. in business because you're doing it for your customers. If you don't have customers, you're not making any money. Um, so so definitely, your customers will tell you 
get feedback. They'll tell you what to do, especially in the early. In the first month, you need to get as much feedback as possible. They will tell you what to do. They would say, when I started consulting, I was like, yeah, sit down with me. I've got the answers. Yeah, we'll do, we'll, we'll look at your business model. We'll figure that out. We'll find out who your target audiences are. We'll look at your problems that you're solving. We'll look at how much money you need to spend or what you're going to spend money on, how much you can make and all this kind of stuff and all the dreaming stuff. Go off and do it by yourself. And every time, every time, customer intimacy. Yes, yeah. that's my big brother. Um, <laughs> oh, big up, big bro. Yeah. Every time, every time, um, you, 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 every time I did one of these consultations, um, someone would say, what happens after? They would ask a question, what happens after this consultation is ended? And I would be like, yeah, after it's ended, you go off and do your stuff. We'll have a follow-up in a month or so to see how you're getting on. Yeah. That's not what they wanted. Yeah. What they were asking me is, are you going to help me? And are you going to guide me through this process of starting a business? So I had to adjust. And then in actual, in actual fact, I, would, <laughs> I used to work between 10 and 4, right? Yeah. Um, this is like last year, two years ago. I used to work between 10 and 4 as a creative. Um, I worked between 10 and 4. But the people who wanted to start a business, the people who I can help, they were busy at 10 and 4 at their jobs. Yeah. So I had to adjust to when I'm going to speak and reach these people. So I had to work in the evening. So, you know, but my customers yeah. were telling me that they need me to actually help them through this, this process. But if I'm sort of thinking, oh, do you know what? I want to charge this much and I want to do this and I don't want to work in that way. I wouldn't know. Furthermore, um, with, um, with lockdown, especially the realization that so many people have had, if you have face-to-face talking business, your face-to-face consultant or whatever is actually you you have to look at what what your capacity is so what's your capacity to deliver are you for me putting myself on the table here am i able to do more than 10 consultations in a week and if there's a demand for it if the if there is a demand for me to do more than 10 that's more than 10 customers and i can't meet it that's an indication that there's there's a, a great chance of growth and then you can start looking at yeah. well, who else is having this problem and yeah. where else are they having the problem but what i'm definitely hearing from you though is it comes back to that beer nuggets and the foundation once again of as they say you know um a business is a solution to a well-defined problem you know um if you've got if you know what the problem is that you're solving um, and therefore you have the solution to address that issue, there you have it. And if you can prove there's a great demand for it, or even if there isn't, if you've got a niche area that you know there, there there's a specific focus or there's a specific type of group of people or individuals that are affected by this problem or issue, and you can solve that problem, then there you have it. You know, And like you said, and I guess if there's a demand for it, then that's going to justify the means to kind of scale up in terms of your infrastructure, your 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 um, staffing, etc. And looking at that, okay, brilliant. So, if someone was to come and they're like, "Yo, I I need Alex, I need help. I need to start this up, right? I need I w- I've got a business idea. I want to get this off the ground. Um, you know, launch seven. What can they expect? What can they expect from yourself coming along to access your service? What would be the preliminary kind of steps? Yeah. So. There's, there are a few steps, right? And we, we let people know what these steps are. And firstly, when you're starting a business, most people are in the pre-startup phase. Mm. And a lot of people get stuck in the pre-startup phase. What's the pre-startup phase? The yeah. pre-startup phase is when you just have the idea. Then you start Googling or you're doing some research. Who else has this problem? Who else? Who, is there anyone else who's doing it? You're looking at your com- potential co- yeah. uh, competitors. And you're starting to think about what you can offer. Right In the pre-startup stage, what you're doing actually is actually quite natural as well, and it's great. And it's, it's actually the foundation of business and marketing. And it's really, really simple. It's who, what, where, and why. Yeah? Who are you providing a service for? Who is it for? What is it? Why? Where can they get it? Yeah. Really, really simple. So that's the pre-startup, yeah. pre-startup phase. And then there's the startup phase. You're looking at actually starting and hopefully getting some customers, getting some feedback, um, putting processes in place, right? So that when you when you grow and you want to scale, if you have ten customers at the moment and you do a little bit of marketing and you get a thousand, how do you deal with that? Is there a process in place 
that you can actually manage those 1,000 people. Yeah. And if there isn't, you just think about what do I do if I get 100 or 1,000? Yeah. And then once you've gone, gone through that sort of growth phase, you're, you're looking at really having systems in place. Successful businesses have systems, right? You have systems and processes in place. Once you've got that in place, then you're looking at scaling. Yeah. And scaling is actually um, digital marketing and being online is great for scaling. It's great for getting exposure and awareness as well, but it's fantastic yeah. for scaling. And this is where you can reach like a whole lot of people yeah. Um, yeah. with some simple, sim- simple steps. But what we do specifically is we look at, um, in the startup phase, what we look at is who your customers are. I think I mentioned it earlier, who your customers are, yeah. who you are as well, yeah. who your customers are, who you are, what are you offering, how do you offer it to them, what do you do? We look at, we look at the service and the product you're, you're providing, what's the cost for it, yeah. what you're going to make money from, and what you're going to spend money on as well. Yeah. And then part two of that, once you figure that out, um, sorry, we do branding as well. We look at your brand messaging. How do you talk to your customers when they come across you? Yeah, yeah, what do yeah. They think what are they thinking? When they see your logo, when they see your brand. And branding isn't just a logo. It isn't just, you know, your font and your colors. It's actually the embodiment, the personality of, of, of the company. Yeah. When I see you and you talk to me, are you bubbly? Are you creative? Are you yeah. agony on? Are you miserable? Yeah. What kind yeah. of person? What's what the experience? Kind of is, yeah. Is the brand? yeah. Yeah. And once once you've done that, we move on to actually doing marketing. So we do some digital marketing. Um, it's not always digital marketing, but we often incorporate that into the startup strategy. So the startup okay. strategy would be something like you just need to get two or three customers, like get two or three as soon as possible, get feedback from them, ask them how it's going. They'll tell you what to do. And then that feedback, you put that back into your marketing material so a form of market right? research and get yeah 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 but you're doing market research you're doing research with your customers yeah, yeah. um and they're, yeah exactly they're getting they're feedback yeah yeah they're literally telling you how to speak to your other customers yeah they're literally telling you what to do for your for your for your next customers so when you meet these customers and you're saying stuff that the customers get it straight away yeah do you know those um a great example of that, you know those adverts on TV, like late night TV, where it's like, do you have headaches? Do yeah. you have an earache? Do you have yeah. a tummy ache? Do you have a rash on your hand? Yeah. If you do, you need Infocol. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you're like, you're like, you're thinking, actually, I do need Infocol. I do need that. All those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And that's you what know? it's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the feedback's very important. I guess... Yeah, so the... When, I, what I was going to ask you, actually... Um, was given because something I've noticed as well on on the same theme so I get you know it's a very comprehensive service that you're providing in terms of the expectation so if people come on I get the process that you would take them through you know from from inception right through to launch and and trading and stuff I wondered something I've I've witnessed and and kind of um, recognized of late as well is I've noticed that there are um, a number of businesses that have been responding to political cultural shifts. Yeah. Um, in the wider landscape in the world. So a key big thing like that currently COVID. Yeah. Um, the pandemic, the 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 issue and the murder of George Floyd and some of these big issues. There's a there's been a huge wave of kind of businesses, mobilizations of different projects and stuff that's happened right now. I just wondered, in your opinion, um, being someone who supports people in in startups and techs, what's your views about particularly around this issue around George Floyd and, you know, the Black Lives Matters movement and the need to talk about race and institutional racism and challenging um, social injustice and all of that? How is this a phase that we're in or is this... You know, is this something that um, seems like we can possibly change as a result of business? Because there's a lot of focus on racial inequality at the moment. But I wanted to know what your opinion was about that in terms of business. Yeah, yeah so there's, there's, there's a theme around that. And that's really about empowerment and economical, economical empowerment, which is really important. Mm-hmm. But outside of business, I think that, and I, I know, how 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 we treat ourselves, right, is a direct reflection of how we allow others to treat us. Wow. So so I I like honestly we got we got to we got to learn to so 
I can't talk about this without addressing um, the trauma that has been experienced by a lot of um, Africans of internationally around the world, yeah, African-Caribbean, yeah. African-American, African-South American, yeah. whatever, right? Um, and, I, and, I, and I think that, that that trauma has to be addressed. People talk about reparations and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but you, you need to actually repair yourself and be intentional about how you repair yourself and how you repair, how you repair your community as well, right? Um, I think George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and yeah. all the others as yeah. well that have that stuff. It's been going on for a long time. And, you know, I got really emotional and I still get emotional about it now. But with, with George Floyd, it was really, really, it was really, um, it was really upsetting because like two weeks before, there was a guy that got shot. Um, I don't remember, Ar- Arbery something. Yes, um, I heard. He, yeah, he, yeah. By police. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not by police, by some, yeah, by some crazy and evil acting people, um, and and then and then there's something else that that's coming up, and it's really really heartbreaking. And while everyone else was going on social media and talking about it, um, I felt like I should bottle up my anger and bottle up that energy and do something about it. So I started making calls. Some people who were listening, they got calls from me. Yeah, I started making calls, and I was just like, you know what? While people are bringing an issue to this, um, while people are bringing an issue to this thing and this injustice, which needs to happen, um, I'm going to call up a few people. I'm going to see if they're okay, how they're sure. dealing with it, and yeah. and also what are we going to do? What are, what are we going to do so that my children that doesn't happen to my children? Yeah. What we're going to do so that doesn't happen to your children? You know. And I think until we start thinking about the next generation behind us. Or even even ten years younger, five years younger, you know, what are they going to go through five years from now? Um, and I, I, until we take responsibility for that, I think people will continue to think that Black lives don't matter. Yeah, totally. And and I think, you know, just to add to that, there has been somewhat. And I know some people have responded, people have taken to social media and people have responded to this in different ways, yeah? Uh, and understandably, because we're all different people. Um, although we are all connected via that trauma, um, individually, we're all going to express our views and opinions and feelings about that in different ways. So I totally understand. And this isn't to knock anyone that chooses to go on social media and, and Black Pound Day and all of that. I'm not no, against not at that all, at all. all. But um, what I think is interesting, though, that you've highlighted... Um, is this need for self-care because not to go off too much on a tangent but um I was asked to take part in a recent conference around this talking about Black Lives Matter it was within a higher educational context it was online it was in an interpreting international um conference where people were speaking in several different dialects different languages I mean it was beautiful to hear but the main theme was around Black Lives Matters and looking at inclusivity looking at all of this and exploring some of the themes and um, what was really interesting that came up um, was, and I find this fascinating, of all the people that were there of different ethnic origins and backgrounds, it was actually mostly the white folks that were talking about the trauma and the needs for um, self-care and looking at needs and looking at how we take care of ourselves when reliving this trauma of what's happened and the trauma that we go through daily. And I feel it's something that's been, in my opinion, very absent. I think there's a number of reasons for that um, in terms of the absence of the experience for um, us as, as melanated peoples, right? I think we've become numb to it. I think we've definitely become numb to this notion. It's, it's that kind of desensitized, you know, we're so used to seeing these images and, and, and used to seeing these things happen that we then, it becomes, des- we become desensitized to it. So I wondered if we're able to really tend to our actual needs and to actually be able to look at our needs and to kind of find healing. So that's something that's come up for me at the moment. Whereas people have, I found, have taken to social media or have reacted um, through economics or through the money. This is why we need to have our own black pound. This is why we need to spend in our communities. So it's quite interesting, um, the reactions that I've seen. And I know that might sound like a generalization, but it's just based on what I've observed via social media and what I've seen. Um, I think yeah. um, Keisha's just said something here. I'm just going to refer to that. We we have to really and truly come together as a people because 
oops, it just strolled up because we can post and participate as much as we like, but then the, where's the actual change? Yeah. And then she goes on as to say, paint as many streets and give us as many shows on TV as we like, but we still face inequality and racism. Yeah. So real talk. Uh, yeah. Keisha, a hundred percent. I mean, these aesthetic artificial superficial kind of responses these plasters on big gaping wounds ain't gonna work um if the root of society is rotten to the core you're still gonna have those issues and it will still bubble to the surface totally um i wondered if there's anything you wanted to add to that um alex based on what keisha's kind of said and i think your your big bro actually is coming in it's all pouring in now so correct it keisha economic empowerment and self-direction makes campaigning less relevant yeah yeah totally i don't know if there was yeah. anything you wanted to, to add to that alex knowing that we've got we've got like five minutes yeah. now <laughs> well, yeah without sounding too militant right um well if i'm militant well, whatever yeah um but i think that with especially in america um going on going on marches is important um here going on marches is important to let to 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 bring awareness to the issue that's really important. But I think that um, what's, what's equally as, in, as important is, is like Keisha said, you know, work, working together. But in America and here, we're asking. We're yeah. asking the, the people that historically oppressed us to stop. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah. yeah. So I should but yeah, yeah. When you break it you down know, like that. And this, yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. There's some. They're lovely people. I've got. I've got. I've got friends, right? But I think that there's some people in the world who 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 have power and money. They've passed down these ideologies to their children and their grandchildren. Yeah. Do you know? Um, so so I I I recognise actually that if you go to um, if you ask if you if you ask a a, a, a system that was set up that um, that was set up not in a way that it doesn't benefit you to love you like it yeah that doesn't make sense to me yeah you know that doesn't yeah, make totally sense to me. and being arts to have you a know? seat so, at the table yeah where you're ultimately yeah. rejected yeah it ain't good i totally 100 100 percent. and yeah the thing is you've got the tools to build your own table yeah it might not be the <laughs> best table to start with but you know what you build a table yeah. and if it's wonky you learn and then you go and build yeah. another one no totally and then maybe you can say actually Uncle, cousin, this person over here. I'm building this table. What do you think? No, what do you totally. think about it? What do I need to do? Give 100%. me a different perspective. Is it is it straight on that side? And then you do it together. Yeah. That's called community. Yeah. And I think we need to go back to. Um, do you know what? Right. So I'm from the Caribbean, and I've been to America. And one thing that I've noticed is that um, African Americans and African Caribbeans, they've really um, our ancestors who were enslaved really tried to hold on to the African culture. Yeah. Um, in the way that we speak, the Caribbean people, the way that we speak, yeah. like some Caribbean people. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But in the way that <laughs> in the way that we speak, I think by now we should have learned how to speak the Queen's English, right? Um, but there's it, oh, wow. it's almost like an anti-colonial statement that I'm going to say things. And there's some words that are spoken in Jamaica, in Trinidad, in Barbados, mm. in my tiny island where I'm from, that people in Nigeria and Ghana, in Ghana and other African countries use. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a good one is uh, mumu. That means stupid or foolish. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if that's cool about. I don't know. Is any Nigerians in here? <laughs> to help you um, out. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, in, totally. in my country, so I was on LinkedIn the other day, right? And I saw that um, someone was talking about a politician or something, and they're like this mumu man. And I was just like, mumu is that? What's that? What's yeah, that? yeah. So I wow. Text, I text. I text. My, I text my friend Othniel. He he does marketing with Launch Seven. I was like. What does Mumu mean? Does it mean foolish, stupid? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, we say that back in my island yeah. and I didn't realise that there's a full connection. It was a of, connection, you know yeah. what I mean? But, okay. But, but, and something that we really try to hold on to and you see in Caribbean society and Caribbean communities is community, community, love and respect. Community, yeah, totally. love and respect. And I think we need to go back to having emphasis and being intentional about forming and strengthening communities yeah. and having love and respect for each other. Totally. I hear you, Alex. No, 100%. I'm conscious of time, sir. 
Um, we have a very Let's short time now because because the gram will kick us out. So look, um, very quickly, just to let people know, if you've enjoyed this conversation, if this has been great, let us know. I've seen the hearts been. There's been a lot of dialogue, a lot of conversation, stimulated a lot of debate. Um, obviously, for those of you that are tuning in for the first time, if you don't, if you're not aware of our platform, we also have a YouTube channel lounge academics you could check our backlog of stuff as well equally you can get engaged with um some of our other materials so feel free to join us we always have five minutes to disrupt we always have a great guest on each week um like we've had alex and he stimulated a lot of debate debate and discussion but um before we go alex how can people find you website details how can people follow you very quickly and get in touch okay yes yeah, so you can find me alex d pemberton on instagram um, if you're on Instagram, really easy. Um, there's Launch7 as well. So at Launch7, all words on Instagram. Um, you can go to my website, alexanderpemberton.com. Um, you can go to launch7.com um, or just message me. Just message me. Brilliant. Let's, 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 let's have a conversation. Yeah, message. Let's Great. And we now have 20 seconds remaining. I'm counting down. So... Look, it's been great, Alex. You've been brilliant. Thank you. Keisha said she joined late, but loved the live. Great to have you, Keisha. Yeah, great to have you that. all on. Yeah, Big bro, respect to you. Thank you so much, Alex. It's been brilliant. Thank you. This has been another Thanks great edition of Five Minutes to Disrupt on the Lounge Academics podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Take care and good night, sir. <laughs>